Well, why don't we put our hands together one more time and give the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords an awesome round of applause and praise. I just echo what everyone else has said that's been up here this morning. I'm like a kid on Christmas morning right now and so looking forward to coming back together. I've missed you. And uh, thank God for our technology and media ministry, as you've heard. That was just a God thing. Think back to Christmas. We took that Happy Birthday Jesus offering, and you responded so hugely and uh, enabled us to uh, really uh, ramp up our media and our online presence. And then to think that the last 12 weeks, that's how we've had worship. Now, understand, the church never shut down. Church was never canceled. Church just left the building, amen? Because you are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, and the church is triumphant today. But it's so good to see you here in the sanctuary. We've got folks over in the gymnasium, the FMC, as an overflow today, and we greet you. Thank you for being willing to go over there. And uh, we're going to have another service in here at 1040. And again, Beautiful setting over there in the Family Ministry Center. Three big screens to watch the service on. So in the next few weeks, that's kind of how we're operating. And uh, I don't know what uh, this new normal is really going to turn out to be. But uh, thank God the church is alive and well today. And He's here. Hallelujah. I'm glad you're here. And just can't wait to see what God wants to say to us in the Word today. So get your Bibles. We're going to the Old Testament book of Joel. So now this one's a little different. The minor prophetic book of Joel. And if you're trying to find it, it's in between Hosea and Amos. Which probably means I didn't help you one bit. And in finding it, but go to the table of contents if you have to. It'll be up on the screen. And let me just give you a little background as we reopen the campus. Today we're going to talk about return. Next Sunday it's going to be restore. And then the following Sunday is going to be revive. So there'll be a little bit of a theme here. But we're working today out of this little book by the name of Joel. Joel, by the way, means the Lord is God, and it's a prophetic book, and it's emphasizing that even in the midst of turmoil, even in the midst of uncertainty and darkness, God is in control of everything. So now, here's, here's the build-up to this. Let me just give you a couple of lines how bad things are in this setting a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness, fire devours, a flame blazes, nations are in anguish, the earth shakes. That's all language out of the first couple chapters of the book of Joel. But now we come to our text. It's in chapter 2, Joel chapter 2, and let's pick it up at verse 12. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart, not your garments. I mean, let's get real, not just an outward show, but let's put everything we have into this return. 
to the Lord your God. For He is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and He relents from sending calamity. Verse 15, Blow the trumpet in Zion. Declare a holy fast. It's interesting today. All around the world, the Church of the Nazarene has asked that we call for a day of prayer and fasting. A few weeks back, you know right here, we asked for our church to spend a week fasting. And many of you uh, went without food for several days. Many uh, fasted at least one meal a day during that week as we prayed for wisdom and guidance and direction. Got to tell you a little funny story on that. I just hit everybody with that on Sunday morning. I hadn't even shared with the staff what I was going to do. And Pastor Mike McAdory said they had already planned to get some Olive Garden to go that day. And it was going to be, the, uh, as he said, one of the best meals they've had during the whole thing. They were so looking forward to it. And they go ahead and get the meal to go. They come home, and they're eating, and they're so just enjoying the food. Nobody's talking. And said, finally, Mia Grace just said, Pastor Gallimore, we're not fasting today. (laughs) I love that. But thank you for praying and fasting. Some things come only by prayer and by fasting. And we've been going through some uncertain terms, but the, the prophet is saying the word of the Lord, blow the trumpet in Zion, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people. Consecrate the assembly. We're coming back assembled here today. Bring together, listen to this, the elders. Gather the children, those nursing at the breast even. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Let the priest who minister between the the Lord uh, weep between the temple porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? A lot of people are asking that question. Where is God in the midst of all of this? What's going on? The Lord will reply to them. Amen? Aren't you glad the Lord has a word for us today? Listen to this, verse 19. I am sending you grain, new wine and oil. How many need a little refreshment today? enough to satisfy you fully. Never again will I make you an object of scorn to the nations. And then drop all the way down to verse 28, 29. And afterward I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. Pray with me quickly. Heavenly Father, as we just share the Word today, what You have placed on our hearts for such a time as this. I know some things are never going to be the same after this pandemic, but Lord, we felt impressed to share some things that will never change as we come back together today. So, Lord, I pray that we will be able to deliver the truth that You have for us. May we accept this Word today 
And, Lord, forever we'll give you the glory and the honor and the praise. It's in the strong name of Jesus we pray. And everyone in agreement say, Amen. What are we returning to? We're not really handing out notes per se during this time, but if you have a pen, piece of paper, write these down. Five things that we are returning to. Five things that are never going to change. As we come back together today at Midland Valley Community, number one, write down the word discipleship. Discipleship. And underneath that, the church exists to make us like Christ. Our mission here is to bring Christ and people together. That never changes. And as we come back today, let's just reiterate some fundamental truths. We exist for the purpose of discipleship. Now, a disciple is more than a student. A disciple is a follower of Jesus Christ in the context in which we share this. We've given our lives to this. We're going to follow our Savior. Now, now how do we make people like Christ? You may think that's a strange word to use, but that's the Bible language. Think of the New Testament, Great Commission. Go into all the world and make disciples. Now, how do we do that? You you, you can't twist someone's arm. You can't coerce someone to be a follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ. But there's four ways that we do this. Number one, we teach One of the most important things we do is we come together in the sermon setting, in the small group setting, and those small groups will be ramping back up before long, and we're doing stuff online all through this, but there's a purpose to the teaching. It's to make us like Christ. Second thing that happens as we make disciples, there's correction. Now, again, that may be a word that you've not heard around the church, but it's very important. We make disciples by teaching. We make disciples by correcting. Now, again, we live in a world today where people do not want to be corrected. And, and it's, you don't bring that into my, 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 my uh, uh, framework. You, this is my business. Let me tell you, it's not with force. It's not with coercion. But as we come together, and especially as we break this down from the sanctuary setting into the small groups, and we'll talk about this a little more as we go here this morning, but you develop relationships. And in those relationships, there's a love that actually enables someone to bring reproof and correction when we're doing something we shouldn't do. And that's a good thing. That's how we grow. That's how we become a a mature disciple in Jesus Christ. I've always liked the little illustration of Charlie Brown shooting the bow and arrow. And he pulls back the string and he shoots the arrow uh, into the fence and then he runs over to the fence and he draws the bullseye around the arrow. And, of course, Miss Lucy comes running along and she says, No, no, Charlie Brown, that's not the way you do it. Charlie Brown said, but this way I hit the target every time. One of the purposes of coming to church is 
to find correction for where we miss the mark. And where we just don't set targets wherever we think they ought to be, we go by the Word of God. So how do we make disciples? This is never going to change. We teach, we correct, we model. Oh, yes. It's so beautiful in the setting of a church. You have all the generations, and it's beautiful for the young people especially to be able to model themselves after mature saints. And don't ever, don't ever forget that you are leaving a legacy that you are sharing a testimony whether you realize it or not by the way you live, by the way you walk, by the way you talk. So, so we teach, we correct, we model, and we love. That's how we disciple. I uh, thought it was interesting Pastor Mike used the Hebrews 10 passage early in the service today and I already had it in my notes. Let me give it to you again. And let us consider how we may spur one another along as we come back together, as we return toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more. What are we returning to? Five things that are never going to change. Number one is discipleship. Number two, write this down, friendship. Friendship. The church exists to build relationships. Now, this is one of the most fascinating aspects of the body of Jesus Christ. This is the, the, the Greek word koinonia. This is the gathering. This is the assembly. This is the fellowship that is intimate in the family of God. We exist... To build relationships, how do we do that? It starts with trust. The church is a trusting place. We open these doors, and just as Pastor Penny shared here this morning, the gospel is for everyone. Amen? We, we don't have people standing at the door saying, you can't come in, you can't come in. Oh, I think we'll let you in, but you can't come in. This gospel is for everyone, and we want to build relationships and, and it starts with trust, and then there's got to be respect. There's got to be respect. Because there's going to be people come in these doors that do not look like us. There are going to be people that come in these doors that do not think like us. And yet, the church of Jesus Christ, I'm glad to say today, is big enough for a whole lot of latitude. And thank God there's room for all kinds of diversity. We never want to be a church that is, is closed-minded and just kind of has uh, this idea, these are the kind of people. I actually had a lady say to me years ago in the church I was pastoring at the time, Pastor, we're getting the wrong kind of people in our church. I didn't know there was a wrong kind. Amen? Jesus died for everyone. And, and in our world today, man, do we need to, as a church, convey this message. Red, yellow, black, and white, all are precious in Jesus' sight. There's only one race, the human race. I did have a friend years ago. He, he went into church, and the usher stopped him before he got into sanctuary, and he said, you can't go in there looking like you look. And my friend said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, the way you're dressed, you can't come in here. This is the house of God. 
And my friend, he said, well, what, what should I wear and to come into this church? And that usher, he was miffed. He said, well, I don't know. He said, uh, but you can't come in looking like you look. Well, my friend, he went home and prayed, and he said, God, what should I wear to that church? And God said, I don't have a clue. I've never been to that church. <laughs> you understand, we exist to, to bring Christ and people together. So as we invite people to come in, there's trust, there's respect for everyone. We're here for discipleship, friendship. Number three, write this down, partnership partnership. The church exists to assemble and prepare us for ministry. So we come together, but it's not just to get together. Yeah, there's the beautiful aspect of fellowship. That's what we've been missing. Amen? The community aspect of this. I've preached for 12 weeks to pretty much an empty sanctuary, and I've got to tell you, there's not a lot of inspiration in that. I am so glad to see you today. And uh, there's something special that happens. Now, again, the Greek word in the New Testament is the ecclesia. Or or as some, it sounds a little bit better when we say ecclesia. And we assemble, but it's for a purpose. And, And we come together so that we can be prepared for ministry. It's not just a get together to get together. We come in here and get prepared to go back out and do service. Again, the church never was canceled. The church never did shut down. We have been the church sent these last 12 weeks. And this is never going to change even as we come back together. There's a purpose to it all, discipleship, friendship, but then partnership as, as we focus on our mission of bringing Christ and people together, number four, what are we returning to? Stewardship. Stewardship. Now, I've just got to pause here for a moment and say thank you, thank you, thank you, Midland Valley community, for your faithful stewardship during this time. Back in January, we took a whole month and focused on stewardship, how important this is. God owns everything. And uh, putting God first in everything we do, with our time, with our talents, and certainly with our treasures, with our finances. And I want to tell you, as a church board, a staff, right early on in this pandemic, we decided we were going to put a spending freeze into place so that uh, anything that was, here's a word we've learned, non-essential, we would just kind of cut out. And uh, because we were kind of thinking, I mean, this is going to be a rough patch for the church to get through. I mean, this is a big operation. But you know what? We have not skipped a beat in regard to certainly uh, taking care of our staff, paying salaries. Unfortunately, I know churches that have had to lay off staff during this time, but you have been so faithful with your giving and your stewardship. And listen to this. It goes beyond just paying bills and paying salaries around here. Midland Valley community has been generous to others during this time. Pastor Wayne has worked on a project over around Columbia where one of our Hispanic pastors on the district had a tree during a 
bad storm literally cut the house in half. And Midland Valley was largely responsible for coming up with the funds to repair that home and, and to send manpower to, to, to rebuild. That's just one instant. That's just one example. We, we, we have helped our district during this time. We have helped other churches during this time that are struggling. We have not missed paying our World Evangelism Fund. We support 168 mission outreaches to countries around the world, and we have paid every dime and above so that that ministry continues See, in the midst of a pandemic, I mean, people still need the Lord more than ever. And I just want to say thank you for your faithful stewardship and just be reminded as we come back together, one of the things that's never going to change, discipleship, friendship, partnership, stewardship, write this down underneath that line, the church exists to manage resources for the glory of God. And we have a great board here. We have a great staff. We have great leadership that has led us responsibly during this time. The last Sunday of this month, we're going to do our Faith Promise Sunday. And uh, that's when we make pledges, if you please, for the next year on mission outreach, both locally and globally. So be praying about how God would have you participate in our faith promise giving that's above and beyond our regular tithes and and offerings let me give you one more what are we returning to discipleship friendship partnership stewardship how about this one number five worship now i've given you five ships of ministry there this morning worship and wasn't it good to worship the lord together in here today I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord and worship. Now, now what happens when we worship? Write this down. The church exists to love, honor, and praise God. The church exists to love, honor, and praise God. You know what those words mean. Love with all your heart. Honor, give reverence to God. Praise in my Wednesday night wisdom class this past week, David used a term in Psalm 34. He said, I will boast about the Lord. Praising God is bragging on Jesus. Now, I want to tell you what, you do a great job at that here at Midland Valley Community. And let's just continue as we move forward to praise Him. Let's give Him the highest praise. Now, even during this this 12-week period where really not a lot of negative things have happened, there's been some good things happen. I, I see a couple down here that got engaged during this time. Uh, Tyler and Maggie, there, that's pretty good. We had a lot of people graduate during this time. There, 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 there's, pieces, there, there's people that got, got a new house, got a new car. Yeah, there's some babies that have been born during this time. But as we come back together, let's give God the highest praise. Amen? He is worthy. He is worthy to be praised. In conclusion here today, the church is simply the family of God. Write that down. Now let me tell you a little story. You may think it's a little corny. 
But down in Florida, several years ago, family lived out in the country, and on their property was a beautiful pond, clear water, and uh, in fact, the kids used it for water sports. They had a little dock there, and they'd swim in the pond and play. One day, the little boy, five or six years old, without telling his mom, was hot, wanted to jump in the water. He takes off running, pulling his shirt off, pulling his pants off, and he hit that dock, and then right into the water he goes. And he's swimming in the pond. His mom is working in the house, cleaning house up on the second floor, happens to look out the window and sees her little boy swimming in the pond, and lo and behold, this is Florida, an alligator is headed towards the little boy. Well, you can imagine the mom begins to scream and holler, and she's saying, come back, come back, as she heads downstairs. Come back, you're in trouble. As she runs to the edge of the dock, gets the little boy's attention, and he begins to swim back towards that dock. But now this alligator is following. And about the time the little boy gets to the dock, that alligator actually clamps down on that little boy's legs. But the boy is right there at shore, right at the dock, and that mom reaches into that water, actually got into the water, and and, and got a hold of the little boy's arms, and there literally was a tug of war between an alligator and a loving mom for a little boy. And would you believe the mom won? Got the little boy to the hospital. Took weeks for him to recover. As he was getting ready to go home, the story was in the news. And the reporters came and the photographers and the cameras. And they were focused on the ugly scars on the little boy's legs. And as he left the hospital in his little short pants and little tank top shirt, they kept talking about the ugly scars and how it was so incredible this little boy survived. But the little boy said something that was incredible. He said, don't look at the ugly scars. He said, look at the beautiful scars. And he held up his arms where his loving mom had a hold of him and her fingernails actually pierced the skin as she pulled on that little boy. And the little boy said, I have bad scars, but I have good scars. And listen, folks, that may be a little corny story, but we've been through a hard time. And there's some people that have some bad scars, but we've got some good scars. And Jesus Christ would tell you here today, I went to a cross. Look at my hands. Look at my feet. Look at my side. This was for you. And the prophet Joel says, if we return to him, if we come to him, he's going to save us. He's going to get us through any calamity that you can imagine. Heavenly Father, would you take this word home to our hearts today? The message today is return. And as we come back, oh, Lord, we're not saying that we've forgotten you during this process, but but coming to church is a habit. Coming to church is a discipline. And we've missed this over the last 12 weeks. So, God, I pray today for our congregation, those in this service, those over in the 
gymnasium, those that are watching online today at home, I pray that there would just be this, this, this resolve in us that as we come back to You, we understand, oh, there's some things that are never going to change. We're here for the purpose of discipleship, friendship, partnership, stewardship, and worship. And so, Lord, accept our praise now as we surrender our hearts and lives unto You this day in the strong name of Jesus we pray. Let's worship the Lord as Pastor Mike leads us here today. During this time, we're not opening the altars per se, but let's just stand right now and let's offer everything we have back to the Lord as we return to Him today. Oh, oh.